All right, Snack Attack crew, assemble. Feeling that mid-afternoon slump? Need a protein boost that doesn't involve boring protein bars? Well, let me introduce y'all to my new favorite obsession, wonderful pistachios. Y'all, these little green guys aren't just your average nut. They're protein powerhouses, packing a whopping six grams per ounce. That's over 10% of your daily value. And here's a confession. I used to be a cracker. You know, the kind of girl who enjoys the satisfying pop of opening each one. But let's be honest, sometimes convenience is king. And that's where their no-shell options comes in perfect for on-the-go snacking. Plus, they come in flavors like chili roasted and sea salt and vinegar. So there's something for everyone, even the picky gals. But here's the kicker. Wonderful pistachios are a complete protein, meaning they have all nine essential amino acids your body needs. So next time you're feeling sluggish, ditch the sugary treats and grab a handful of these green gems. I promise y'all they will keep you fueled and feeling your best, whether you're conquering carpool duties or crushing deadlines. And seriously, these are my go-to snack. I keep a bag in my purse. I keep one at the office. I even stash a few on the side of my bed for those late night cravings. This year, I want you to treat yourself to something delicious and good for you. So head over to wonderfulpistachios.com and explore their amazing flavors and sizes. Trust me, your taste buds and your body will thank you. Y'all should know by now that we love progression over here. Let's chat about what everyday progress truly means to us. Whether it's hitting those small milestones or treating ourselves to a little something something after a month of disciplined budgeting, progress is all about balance and staying motivated. And speaking of budgeting and reaching financial goals while still enjoying life's little pleasures, have you heard about Chime? Chime's checking account offers some amazing features that can help you along your financial journey. Let me tell you about one feature that really stands out to me. Chime's Spot Me. We've all been there, right? Dealing with overdraft fees can really throw a wrench in your financial plans. But with Chime, you can overdraft up to $200 with no fees. You heard me right. No fees. It's like having a safety net for those unexpected moments. Y'all, I had a friend who was always getting hit with hefty overdraft fees. It was a mess trying to sort it out. How do you really get ahead with that? But with Chime, you can avoid those headaches and get back on track with ease. Plus, Chime isn't just a bank. It's a community. With Boost, you can increase your spot me limit by receiving boosts from your friends. It's like having your financial back covered by your squad. So, if you're ready to take control of your finances and wave goodbye to those pesky monthly fees, open your Chime account today. Just head over to Chime.com slash bravado. That's Chime.com slash bravado. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bank Court Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Boosts are available to eligible Chime members enrolled in SpotMe and are subject to monthly limits. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. This is Germany. And this is Brittany. And this is the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. A motivating and encouraging podcast where we focus on building community amongst colorful women alike. Join us weekly as we sit down and have candid conversations on various topics and issues surrounding self-care, self-love, health and wellness, spirituality, entrepreneurship, and much more. And trust, if we don't have the answers, we'll call on our expert homegirls who do. Our goal is to create a safe space for growth, 
inspiration, laughter, and love free of judgment in hopes that after you listen, you're a little more knowledgeable or at least a little more entertained than before. It's Homegirl Vibes here. Real, raw, and a little funny. A lot of fucking funny. So thanks for tuning in to the Black Girl Bravado Podcast. Let's start the show, cuties. Hey y'all, welcome back. Welcome back, my babies. Her babies. <laughs> Mine. Her babies. In my bosom. What's good? Yes. And if you're new here, welcome. Welcome. We're glad to have you. Thank we you for joining us. Definitely are. Yeah. And for if sure. you're old here, what it do, baby? Yes. What it do, <laughs> baby? What's up? For sure. I'm not the black child. How are you doing today? I'm good. We're here a little late. We definitely pulled up a little late, but we pulled up. We pull, not, and that's what matters. It's not. It's not how. It's not when you show up. Is that you show up? And it's how. And how. How is important. It's that and how. So that and how we're here. We are late, but here. Thank y'all for uh, bearing with us. Um, it's been a trying week. Just to be honest, we had yeah. If you're if you're one of our Patreon supporters, um, we've been struggling and <laughs> the struggle continued this mm-hmm. week. My laptop crashed. Yeah. Um. So trying to figure that out, we had a podcast scheduled and that got canceled. Um. So you know. We're still honoring our commitment and putting out an episode this week. I know you all have been on our tails because we took a break. Yes. And probably thought we were playing with y'all, but we weren't playing. No, we're here. There were things that happened that were out of our control, but we're here today. Yeah, so thank y'all for understanding. Thank, thank y'all for sticking with us. And today is going to make up for all of that. It will. Once we get into the nit grit, you'll be like, okay. I get it. All is forgiven. Right. All is forgiven. So anyway, um, before we get into the episode, how was your weekend? My weekend was great. Phenomenal phenomenal (laughs) um so this weekend um mainly on saturday morning i was addressing my laptop issues Uh uh-huh you were bummer um but you know what it's not a bummer because he he is in control he is in control and a solution has since been found so happy about that happy to report that my laptop will be back and better (sighs) Um, the bryson tiller and then oh saturday night we went out um Dancing. We went out dancing. Y'all know we love that. That's our favorite pastime. For sure. And I mean, when I say we dance. Honey, they were sweaty. The sweaty (sighs) Bettys. Once you don't leave looking how you came. It's a problem. It's a problem. (laughs) And you know, I didn't have my scarf. I was pissed. But as soon as she got in the car, she put that scarf on. I didn't even, I had forgot my phone in the car, but I didn't even need it because my feet were moving. Yes. The whole night yes it was a good time so it was a good time we danced all night um literally mm-hmm. and we never we never stay until the function is completely over and we were there when the lights came up yeah so you know that's saying something different we were there to the last song it was hitting different so once yeah. they played the it's time to go i'm like okay okay they're going they're they're grabbing their things and going so uh yeah that was a good time we had a good- i picked my edges off the floor put them back <laughs> on my head and said let me get out of here yeah. let, me, let me go home yeah scurrying out the door I scurried out like Joanne the scammer yeah, yeah, with my yeah. fur in my hand yeah. so um that was a great time that um was. we solidified this girl's birthday plan this girl's birthday plans are solidified so if you wanted my main things glad we got expect that a message care soon, of because I guess. you were scaring me for a moment so we got that figured out and then um Sunday we celebrated another friend's birthday we went to um brunch we went to a, a brunch lunch playlist it's called a mixtape mix tape. <laughs> yeah. 
We went to a restaurant called Mixtape in L.A., which is pretty cool, by the way. It's a Rock Nation restaurant, and they have a whole bunch of creatives that contribute to it. Quincy Jones, Robin Thicke, Jaden Smith, Vic Mensa. They contribute to all different capacities. The like art the forms. art, the playlists, the uniforms, the art throughout the restaurant. So it was real cool. They had some fire craft cocktails and the food was good too. Yeah, if you're in the mood for a good drink, get the playful. If you're mm. in the mood for a good vibe, hit up mixtape. Bad little vibe. And also, um, happy birthday to our real good girlfriend Alicia. Yes. She's a real one. She's so, a real one. um yeah. What so else? yeah, was your weekend great? My weekend was identical. It was a twin of yours. So I had a great weekend. Um yeah, just ready to turn it around. Turn it around. Well, I don't know what song I'm going to sing, but I just want to turn it around and make this month better. Um, it's my birthday month. And yeah, you sound just like I sounded on my birthday month. Yeah, it just needs to get better. I'm just waiting on it to get better. So, yeah, keep me in prayer. You know keep me better lifted. is now. Better is now. Yeah, keep me in prayer. Keep me lifted. And we're going to keep it moving. All right. So, um, speaking of keeping it moving, what we like you all to keep moving. Actually, you know what? Before we get there, there is no new week, new tea this week because we have an episode that is jam packed with so much knowledge and information that we don't want to drag y'all talking about stuff you already seen on the Internet. Yeah. So now we're going to move past to talking about something that we we cannot skip. Okay, because we cannot and we will not ever ever. What's up? Um, So the ratings and reviews. Yeah. Ratings and reviews. Y'all already know, but if you don't know, let me explain to you what they are and what they do. Yeah. The ratings and reviews that you all leave for this podcast and Apple podcast, (laughs) they're not optional. No. They're not optional. It's your form of payment. They're actually a necessity. Yeah. Because you know what those do? Those help this podcast grow. Mm -hmm. We've been doing this for three years now, and I don't know about y'all, but we don't believe in the spirit of stagnancy. Come on, come on, come on. Okay, and so in order to not be stagnant, we need you all to come through with the ratings and the reviews. Yes. Help us get some visibility. Help this podcast continue to grow and flourish. Help this podcast land in the lap of your sisters. And now she's preaching. And now she's preaching. Help it land in the lap of your sisters. And I don't know what y'all were taught, but I was taught when you find a good thing. Come on. Come on, come you on. You share it. That's it. So that's what we want you all to do. Just come on. Come on. <laughs> no, no, but for real, we have a goal that we're trying to reach by the end of this year of a thousand. Yeah, we're currently and reviews and we're currently at what? 830 ratings and reviews. Last week we were at 812. So at this point, some of y'all have fulfilled your commitment. We asked for 13 ratings and reviews a week and we're at 18. So keep showing up. Keep doing your part. If you haven't left a rating review and you've been sucking us dry for the last three years, then shame on you. <laughs> shame on you shame. leave your rating and review we really appreciate it um it's never too late to change it's never Do your too part. late and so we have 170 which means this is looking promising i think it is i think we'll be there by the end of the it's year so close i can smell it and it's on you all to help make it make it happen period so what's good so let's um acknowledge one of our sisters because you all come through for us so we want to highlight you mm-hmm. so this week we want to highlight and I'm hoping I'm saying your beautiful name correctly, baby. <laughs> Danitza. Okay, Danitza. Danitza says, found this at the right time. I was never really a podcast type of girl, but I decided to give it a try. And this was the first one I found. See, this is what happens when you rate and review. It'll show up. I was experiencing vicarious trauma and burnout like no other as I work in the mental health field. And, in, and I'm in school to complete my MSW. The first episode I heard was 103, Understanding Cognitive Dissonance, and that was all I needed to be hooked. 
It challenged me to check myself to ensure that I am living a life that lines up with my values. To this day. To this day. I was waiting on that. Yeah. It's the only podcast I listen to and best believe I hype it up whenever I get the chance. Mental health is an important topic to discuss and you both model how to do it with ease. Thank you. That is so. That was lovely. That was beautiful. You know, usually I don't do this, but I am going to say this to naturally Deja or Daja. (laughs) What you doing on my side of town? Right, right, right. She says, bravo. This was only funny to me because we watch Insecure. So if you watch Insecure, you might get the the connection. You know what I call this podcast? Kellyanne Growth. (laughs) Cheaper than therapy, not to replace it. That's important. Girl talk and engaging and interesting host. I'm home. Thank you for um, bringing the Insecure tea because we love that. And um, yeah, this is not meant to replace your therapy. Definitely. And welcome home, baby. Welcome home. We're glad to have you. For sure. So You're here with us. um, Please continue to leave your ratings and reviews this week. Yeah, it's super important. We appreciate it. Um, what else do we want the, uh, we the want, listeners to do? We want you all to continue to connect with us in the secret Facebook group, uh, the Black Girl Bravado Podcast Homegirl Hangout. There are a lot of connections that are being fostered over there. People are meeting up with each other, finding people in their cities, um, just gang ganging in that group is an extension of us so if you're on facebook if you're looking to connect with other like-minded women please head on over there and get inside the group we're very particular with who we authorize to be in the group so don't just be don't spam us that's not cute but if you belong then we want you to belong so it's really important for you to join us over there where else can they join us another space that you can join us is over on patreon now Uh this is a unique space um for one because this is where you can show us your support monetarily right and in exchange for your monetary commitment we were providing you with bonus content we release additional episodes there so we were late over here but the episode went out over there yes i yes, can tell yes. you that uh-huh. because we're we're receiving quaint yeah um no but for real um we release affirmation episodes every month we also release a check-in about how we're doing how we're feeling um we release playlists playlist videos of the episodes that we record so much more and I'm really proud of us because um, it took Germany and I a minute to even decide to do the Patreon thing. One, because of fear. Mm-hmm. And two, because we just didn't know how receptive you all would be. But just like with everything else, you all blew our minds. and Exceeded we Exceeded our expectations. We have just surpassed 50 patrons. Thank you so much. God is good. Yeah, so we have a giveaway going on over there and we will be announcing our winners on friday so we're excited about that and can't wait to see who gets all the lovely goodies because there's a lot of lovely goodies yes i think that's it right there right so yeah that, those are um the three ways that you can show your support for this podcast yeah outside of downloading sharing and telling a home girl to tell a home girl to who tell should a tell girl. a home girl yes. yeah so thank y'all in advance we appreciate it we don't take it for granted and we are so grateful so last week's episode just so we can recap before we get into this week's tea was episode 113 can't believe we've done this for 113 episodes mm-hmm. but it was my way or the highway exploring controlling behavior so the affirmation for last week was I am value. Oh, excuse me. She's going to back up and say it again. (laughs) I am vulnerable and strong, free of fear. I am empowered when I release the need to control people and circumstances. So uh, last week was our last week back from our hiatus and we were chatting about control and control is the power to influence or direct a person's behavior or the course of events. Um, We chatted about our experiences, the way we see control show up in our personal lives and the way we're dealing with it and reasons why a person might display controlling behavior. 
Additionally, we explored the types of controlling behavior and people that you'll likely encounter in some po- at some point in your life. And we also offered some tips and tricks if that controlling person just might be you. So that episode's still up. Um, it was moving. It was powerful. Yeah. It was powerful. So if, if you feel like you might be controlling, tap in. Tap in and don't tap out. Yeah, it's important. We need to see ourselves. Period. So um, this week, when they see us. Yeah. <laughs> That movie, When They See Us, yeah, I Saw Us. Yeah, in this conversation us. that we had mm-hmm. with a wonderful resource. She's a great girl. Awesome. Yeah. Wonderful. Come on. Brilliant. Phenomenal. Yeah. All the adjectives. Yes, powerful. She's that. Yes. Um, she is. Yes. Um, so I don't think we need to really say any more. I don't Just think so. Just buckle up your seatbelts, get ready. Seatbelts, is that right? Yeah, buckle up your seatbelts, get ready for a ride because I'm... Um, you're you gonna may be, be red. Mo- yeah, you might be red, and it's okay because we drag here with love. Period. It's a dragon with love. So, yeah, tap in. Uh, don't tap out. Let us know if you're feeling this episode. We're going to get right to it. All righty. Yeah. Okay, ladies. So, it's been a minute, but today we have a special joining, special guest joining us today. Yes. You all are constantly in our inbox, in our DMs, in our emails, asking us so many questions about relationships and we always make sure to inform you all that we are not experts right we can only give you knowledge based on the personal experiences that we've been through and um you take it how you want it yeah with a grain of salt yes definitely but today we actually have an expert yeah we have an expert who is really going to get us together no lie so if you're wondering who we have today we have therapist nedra tawab Mm -hmm. she's amazing i'm sure you've probably seen her on instagram dropping gems on her post um but she has helped many people manage difficult relationships that may cause feelings of anxiety and depression she works with people who are managing unhealthy or difficult relationships with family members she is effective at helping couples who have lost their connection to each other after trust has been broken or after being together for many years and couples needing to improve communication additionally she assists professionals struggling with work-life balance overwhelmed moms and people lacking appropriate self-care so she sounds like the perfect woman for us yes and for this episode so help us introduce nedra to the black girl bravado hey nedra welcome to the show yes thank you so much that was such a warm greeting yes we like to keep it warm and cozy here we do yes yes so nedra we've given uh, a general overview of what it is that you do and how you're helping the community online and on Instagram. But please uh, give our homegirl listeners more insight to who you are, what it is you do, uh, a quick bio. Well, um, I am a licensed therapist and I'm licensed in North Carolina. And Instagram has been a very new phenomenon for therapists. I say this year is like the year of therapy on Instagram. Mm-hmm. But um I'm a licensed therapist and I help people create healthy relationships. Mostly I teach people about healthy boundaries, communication skills, and assertiveness to help them in those relationships. Relationships with family, relationships with friends, couples, all of those same things sort of apply like the boundaries, the assertiveness, self-care as ways to make our relationship healthier. So that's what I do in my practice. And that's what I try to impart on Instagram. I love that. Love that. So would you be the perfect therapist for someone who maybe feels like they're in a relationship that is toxic or complicated 
Absolutely. So my specialty is helping people who have toxic relationships and history of, in particular, toxic family relationships, because I find that a lot of that stuff spills over into the dating relationship, the parenting relationship, um, and friendships. So certainly my focus is on helping people with toxic family backgrounds. I think it would be tough. Um, how do how does one come to the conclusion like, yo, my family's toxic. Now I need to get therapy because it's spilling into, you know, my, my love life. Because sometimes I don't think, even think we recognize being in our own relationships that possibly it has something to do with our familial relationships and upbringing. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I think most of the time it doesn't present in that way. It may present as depression, Mm. anxiety. And once we start talking about some of the family stuff, that's when it comes out that perhaps your, your parent was anxious and they imparted these sort of things or you or you feel this sort of way about going around your family or your partner finds your enmeshment with your family uncomfortable so it comes out in other ways I think unconsciously we're doing all of these things that are um, damaging or devastating and with counseling we're able to see like oh wow like there is a pattern of this Mm -hmm. and lots of times people need to talk it through before they're able to recognize the source of the issue yes that sounds good I know that um therapy can be intimidating for a lot of people um Mm -hmm, I've personally mm -hmm. never been to therapy myself but it's definitely definitely Mm -hmm. something that I'm interested in looking into but my I guess concern or curiosity has always been surrounded by like how does it even start so say someone is noticing that maybe their relationships are going as well as they would hope they would go do Do is there like a list of questions that that are asked or is it just the person has to know to some degree like exactly what's going on I'm just wondering like what's the process like what what can Mm -hmm. someone expect when they come Mm -hmm. into a session and they want to get some solutions Mm -hmm. you know I certainly think that when I work with people, a large part of my job is to make them comfortable with the therapy process and to first dispel any myths because people do come in with a lot of ambivalence about being open or how I, I might perceive them or saying things about, you know, maybe their family or their partner that they might think is mean and they shouldn't say out loud. So a, a a lot of the work up front for me is normalizing a lot of what they're experiencing Mm -hmm. and talking about what the therapy process will be like, because we do go into it like thinking like, Oh, this will be like Dr. Phil and you know, whoever we've seen on TV and you know, we, we start to think this is how the process will be. And I think the actual therapy process is very different than what our assumptions might be. What do you think some some things, I, I, what do you assume about therapy? I wonder when you Ooh. say, like, I think, like, what are those things that you think probably happen? The tables have been yes. turned. <laughs> <laughs> We're turning the tables. Yes. Um, I think that, well, the way I envision a therapy session going is just 
me coming in and saying like what my concerns would be. Mm -hmm. And then the therapist in turn asking me, so do you think it could be possibly this or do you think it could possibly be that? But I know that for sure I would have to let go of some of my inhibitions or my guard to be completely honest because, Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you don't, you can't read my mind. The therapist can't read the patient's or the client's mind. And mm-hmm. that would probably leave some important or pertinent information out, which could probably get to a better solution or resolution. So mm-hmm. I feel like I would have to do some sort of pre-work. Period. To make mm-hmm. sure that I'm putting it all out on the table. Because I'm just thinking about like when we have conversations with our girlfriends, and I know that I've been guilty of this, just being completely honest and transparent. I'll kind of just tell what I want to tell to get the response that I want to get, like be on my side or Mm -hmm. tell me that I was right or like kind of let me know that I'm making the right decision Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of just putting all of my cards out on the table sometimes to get a real Mm -hmm. honest. Yeah. Feedback. Feed some real honest feedback. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, most therapists, um, you know, you have to pay for therapy. And so one big thing for me is, Let's get your money's worth. And I think the only way that you're going to benefit from this process is if you're open and honest. Mm. And a part of that is you not trying to figure out what I'm thinking about you. Because my job is to listen to people talk all the time about stuff. So a lot of things that you might think are abnormal or sound crazy, and I'm doing air quotes crazy Mm because I don't really believe the stuff is crazy. Mm it's probably really normal. And that's the part that I don't think we get that a lot of what we're talking about is normal. And we just feel really bad for being bothered by our coworkers eating their soup too loud or something like, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's like, I shouldn't be upset about this, but you are. And so let's talk about Yeah. As a deeper connection of stuff, it could be that you don't like what, proximity to people it could be I mean there are so many things that could come up just from having a conversation about the things that we don't really feel like oh I shouldn't feel or oh I think those are those are really important things to say you know and I think a lot of times I'm sorry you want to say something Jeremy? no Go I don't I, I I totally want you to continue <laughs> <laughs> okay okay um when we are talking to our friends, and I know this because I'm a friend and I have them, right? Mm-hmm. When we are talking to our friends, the conversation is so different than a person talking to a therapist. When I talk to my friends first, I'm calling, depending on what I have going on, I'm calling a particular friend because I'm looking for a particular type of reaction. You got right? it. Right there. And so I'm going to call, you know, like, oh, I know she's going to say, oh, I know it, all of that. And we, we need those people too, but I think we need that balanced perspective from a therapist to say, well, have you thought about this? Yes. And your therapist will encourage you, but it's going to be a very different process of encouraging. It's going to be like, wow, remember when you came in here and you couldn't even ask people to respect the boundary and now you're doing X, your friends don't talk to you like that. Yeah. Like there's no... I don't have any friends who talk and I, I'm a therapist and I don't talk to my friends like that. Yeah. <laughs> so they probably you know, like, why just... Nedra ain't talking to us like that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I think that that's a part. 
part of what you get by talking to a therapist. You get this professional, this professional experience of, wow, look how far you come. Look at these baby steps you're making. Look at you know, um, what you've been able to achieve in this short time. And I think we need that sort of validation and mm-hmm. rooting to keep going with these things that, you know, we, we might perceive as really difficult. Like, it's, I think a lot of stuff is really hard. And we try to minimize how difficult it is to make really hard changes, like in your relationships. Like, let's say if you want to be more confident, it's really hard to just start taking compliments without saying anything back. Yeah. Yeah. And so you may need some, you know, some motivation, some encouragement to talk about where does that come from that you can't accept people saying good things about you? Nedra, you are hitting the nail so on the head. So nothing's too small for therapy. <laughs> Something that you may, no. that, that may appear to be small, really may have a deeper underlying issue that needs to be addressed. Yeah. Absolutely. And I let, I let people... God, if if you want to come in and you just start talking about Greenleaf, there is a reason that you are connected to whatever happened on Greenleaf. Okay, yeah. yeah. So my my job as we're talking is like, why is this connected for her? Why is this connected for her? Mm-hmm. And and that for me is like, yeah, okay, I'm watching. What did you, what did you get? <laughs> like, what mm. did, what did you see when you were watching it? Because we all get something different. Yeah. And yeah. it's so important about who we are that we're pulling this particular thing out of it. That you would know, be me with Queen Sugar. Okay, stop. <laughs> no, I know the raw, the raw, the raw in Darla situation. Triggers? Mm. Triggered. I don't watch it. So listen, this is mm. the thing. Okay, I see, see Nedra watching. Knows. Nedra knows. I watch everything. Okay. She's into I the culture. I watch everything on TV. So, so this is the thing. When you, br- when you brought up um, calling certain friends and sometimes your friends don't know how to respond to you, Brittany's kind of mm. like my all-in-one in friend. And um, mm-hmm. be, having an honest and open, transparent moment right here, I've had a really tough week this week dealing with my anxiety. And... Mm-hmm. Um, and my fear, they're, yeah. they're coupled, mm-hmm. but, um, mm-hmm. and a tough part when Brittany was like, I think you probably should really start exploring therapy. And I've been mm-hmm. kind of wanting to go, but I'm mm-hmm. almost scared of like, what's going to come up. I'm, I, mm-hmm. I'm a little fearful of getting in there of the unpacking, mm-hmm. of the unpacking. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like to keep mm-hmm. all my shit boxed up. So I'm a little concerned when I go in and then it's all spilled out. So I've been struggling with that like okay so she has to go to therapy to talk about like why I'm really really anxious at times um Nedra very very anxious Mm -hmm. and this week it was like heightened heightened to the point I was like almost tearful Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. and when Brittany mentioned like yeah therapy I was like oh damn now here now I'm anxious about that now I gotta find a (laughs) therapist you know Mm -hmm. so what are Mm -hmm. some signs I know that at this point my my sign is my anxiety is starting to cripple me to a degree where um I, I don't even want to go out after dark. <laughs> so it's like, what are some signs for some other people or, or even for me that, yeah, it's time for therapy, even though you might be fearful. We already know that perhaps we have to lower our expectations of what it's going to be. And I know that Brittany even mentioned that nothing is too small for therapy, mm-hmm. but what, are, what are some other signs that, it, you know, maybe you want to check into that. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned, um, uh, one really important thing that you do have and that's support. Yeah, she's a good girl. I think sometimes when you don't have support, that is an indicator that you need to establish some support. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that comes in the form of being a new mom. I live in Charlotte and it's like so many people from all over the place, not Charlotte, right? Mm -hmm. 
having a support system of somebody to to bounce off being being new in a foreign place and not being near family and not being near your original friends that's really important to have support and i think a therapist that can be a part of your support system yeah like you said going through a rough patch like if you know most people who experience anxiety um, they've experienced it for a very long time and they come to counseling when it's gotten to the point that it is now debilitating. Mm-hmm. You're not able to go out at night. Yeah. You can't drive anymore. You notice every time you're around people, you just feel so panicked that you have to get up and it gets so, so severe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will say that with anxiety, our number one strategy for coping with anxiety is avoidance. And that is the worst way Mm. to cope with anxiety because all avoidance does is prolong it. Mm, Mm. mm, mm, mm. It does not repair anxiety. And so we think like, if I can avoid this thing that makes me feel anxious, I will feel better. Yes. That's not true. It never works. It never works because it's going to, you're, you're constantly going to be triggered. Mm. So you have to figure out ways to manage your anxiety. And the real hard truth about anxiety is anxiety is a feeling. <sighs> yeah. You're telling me. Anxiety is a feeling. Mm. Everybody feels anxious. Yes. Everybody feels anxious. To yeah. some degree. What you, to some degree. And what you see is some people have figured out coping strategies like, oh, my gosh, I can't sleep. So I meditate before bed or, you know, like people are you constantly using coping strategies to be able to minimize their anxiety. And that's some of the stuff that you would talk about with a therapist, like what's what's triggering it? What can you do to manage it? How can you allow it to happen without focusing on it and making it this huge thing because guess what it's a feeling you have other feelings throughout the day but you only focus on anxiety Mm, mm, and the fear and the fear child and the fear fear. but i wonder how often during the day do you feel joy do Mm. you feel happy do you feel, dang, I'm confused. What if you really confuse 60% of the day and only oh, anxious 10%? <laughs> you know, so like we don't know because we'll 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 take anxiety and we'll run with it. We're yeah. like, oh my gosh, I'm always anxious. Always? Maybe, maybe you are. And if that's the case, let's sit down, let's talk about it, let's pull up some other feelings. Because what happens with anxiety sometimes, you'll get to talking to a therapist and learning how to identify your feelings and name a lot of other feelings. Mm-hmm. And you may find it's not even anxiety. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I think I'm scared. Skilled. I'm really scared, yeah. which makes me anxious. My, my, yeah. my fear, ooh, it'll turn up. And I'm like, okay, she's scared. She doesn't want to go. Yeah. She's going to stay in. That's really what I am. I'm scared. Ooh, Nedra. Okay, this was, I need to pay you. Send me your Venmo. Because we just had a session. We just had a session. That was the beginning session to get your your ass on the couch. Yeah, I need to get in. The intro. Okay, okay. Those are some good signs. We were talking about, okay, so signs you need to go to therapy. I think another really big one is when you find yourself repeating problems. Oh, now um, now it's my turn to be read. Yeah. <laughs> now get your coins ready because you're about to pay her. <laughs> <laughs> repeating problems repeating problems over and over like you're in a pattern of Mm. I date the same kind of guy all of my friends are every time I meet somebody 
I can't trust people, all of this sort of stuff, Mm. there is a reason you keep re-experiencing. And a part of that is because you have not figured out how to navigate whatever this is. And so what is it? So therapy can help you figure out what is that? What is that that you date people because you choose them so that you date read. people that that have these characteristics that you don't like? Mm. What is, What is that? So, and sometimes it's a worse issue. Sometimes it, you know, goes back to family. It could be, you know, what you saw. It could be, you know, there's so many things that could, you know, get in the way of you having some some difficult patterns. But I think with the help of, you know, like a therapist, you're able to figure out like, okay, this is what this thing is. This is what, this is how I can date differently. This is how I could pick healthier friends. This is how I can learn how to trust people. So you get some of those strategies around, okay, this, let's talk about breaking patterns. Yes. Um, One really big thing for me being a therapist, what I notice with people when I have friends who have um, issues and it seems like they don't really have any different insight on their issue. And I Mm. start to get a little, I start to get a little like, Ooh, I can't hear about this anymore. Nedra, uh, just letting you know, we're about to catch the ghost, the Holy Ghost over here. We literally about to jump out our skin, child. Okay, keep going. That that is a sign that maybe not for you, but for your friends, I think that's a wonderful time to say, hey, girl, just like Brittany said to you, hey, girl, uh, I think it's time Mm -hmm, that you explore this option of talking to someone because this... Your friends can't help you with like deep rooted anxiety. Yeah, like, she said that. That was her word. Yeah, like I, I just want to listen to music and go to concerts. Yeah. I don't. I can't really. <laughs> I can't really walk you through when you were five. Like yeah. that's that can't come up at the concert. Right. Right. So, right. And, and maybe that could come up sometime, but that can't be our our work together as friends. Yes. Yes. That's your work with a therapist. And maybe you tell me, girl, my therapist said, mm. but it's not, it's not for me to help you overcome mm. your anxiety. Mm. Wow. That's it. And here she was talking about, I'm going to Google some solutions. I mean, because I I'm know. really, I'm really solution oriented. And so, I mean, I want to help as much as possible, but then I ultimately I said, no, you did. That was the I first thing therapy, you said. Yeah, the first thing you said. I can only do so much, but speaking of Googling things for you, Sometimes I try to give myself therapy. <laughs> Honestly, when I notice that I'm, like you said, repeating patterns mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, feeling like I can't break from unhealthy relationships. Break every chain. I start, <laughs> I start trying to take a magnifying glass and look back into my childhood and say, so what happened? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, did I forget it? Did I repress it? Yeah. Because nothing's mm-hmm. like immediately coming up. Yeah. And that's when I tell myself, like, this is bigger than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put it on the altar. Yeah, I, I need some help. I need some help. And it sounds like I kind of make myself scared because I'm like, wow, do I really need help? Like, is something really wrong with me? It sounds scary. But, as much as we preach, but like, what therapy. is that? What is that that stops us from doing something that we know would be helpful, but we're just like, no, I should be able to control this on my own. Should I think- we? I think just going in there and be like, this is all what this, everything I got. And I think it's also like, also, um, 
Where does I, it I don't want to say necessarily the stigma, but just when I know that things can be kind of complicated, like finding the perfect therapist, finding a good fit, finding one <clears> under my insurance, finding one that I feel like hears me, sees me, is providing like, you know, useful information and really helping me work through this stuff. It's just really mm-hmm. excuses that I tell myself to prevent me from really doing what I have to do. Mm-hmm. But I know mm-hmm. those are just some of the things that come to my mind at first. Mm-hmm. Like, um... I mean, I think, well, it's not that bad because of, at least I'm aware that I do have a problem and yeah. I'm aware that I do have a pattern. Mm-hmm. So that's better than some people because mm-hmm. they then, don't know at all. Right. But then at the same time, it's like it's not better because you still participate. And it's not these, better because you're not thriving. Right. You're still you're mm-hmm. still being an active participant in these patterns that are preventing you from thriving, living your best life and ultimately getting with the things that you say that you want for yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I know that and I need to do better. <laughs> I just need to do I'm, it. I'm a therapist and I go to therapy and it's not because I don't know the tools. I know the tools. Mm. I know how to apply the things I'm always doing self care and, you know, reading books and I'm always applying this stuff, but I, I still need somebody to say, like, like that's still helpful for me. And I know how to do all the things. See, so it's, it's not a matter of like, Oh, I could do the therapy on myself. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, I've already done my own genogram. Oh, I've already done my, but that doesn't mean that she can't give me stuff that, it's still helpful because it is. It's like, oh wow, I didn't, I didn't even think of that. And sometimes it's so simple. Yeah. It's so simple that I'm just like, wow, you earned your money. Okay, <laughs> see you next time. All right, I'll be back. I think you it's probably having that. You got a lifer. I think it's probably having <laughs> that objective opinion then, right? Because even though you're a therapist and you have the tools, you're still subjectively looking at your life, your experiences from your point of view. But when we sit down and have somebody from the outside looking, because, you know, they can weigh in the same way I'm going through a freaking anxiety attack. And I didn't say to myself, you probably should go to therapy. But then Brittany uh-huh. says, you need therapy. And I'm like, oh, damn, you're right. That's probably what uh-huh. I need to do at this point. Is it that objectivity that we might need? I think so. And I think we need to relinquish control. Ooh. That was a word that yeah. we needed. And, and and that's that's the hard part. We have a really hard time delegating even when we have the resources to do it. Mm. There are so many people who have the resources to delegate various things, but there is something about our spirit that says, I should be able to do this myself. That's what it is. I should be able to fix my mental health. I should be able to paint my house. I should be able to all of this stuff. And it's like, Girl, there's a therapist. Girl, there's a painter. Girl, mm. there are movers. Mm. Girl, there is a housekeeper. Girl, there mm. is a hairstylist. You do not have to be on YouTube for <laughs> two hours looking up videos, twisting your hair for four, buying 50 products. Go to a hairstylist for $60 Period. in two hours. Period. Period. And period. Thanks for coming to the TED Talk, y'all. She just said it all. <laughs> wow. I think, you know, it's like, and I get it. Like, we feel some sort of, like, pride when you do it yourself, right? Mm. It's like, this is this is my kitchen, and I painted it. This is my hair, and I did it myself. Yes. But 
sometimes the time and the, you know, I think about the energy I spend learning how to do something. Mm. I'm like, this, this is not worth my time. Why do, why do I want to Google a whole bunch of stuff <laughs> about anxiety when I could go talk to somebody for 50 minutes and they would be like, oh, this is what it is. Mm. Oh, well, mm. Well, I just read seven books. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'll read and a you, book twice. Like, let me make sure I put, understood. Yep, 30 hours of reading. Yes. And, and you are still feeling no better about your issue. <sighs> and, you know, sometimes on Instagram, people will say like, oh my gosh, like, this is therapy. I'm like, this is not therapy. Right. This is Instagram. Mm. I think that you still get... I can read a whole book and I'm still like, yep, still need to go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> like it's, it's not like, oh, okay. I read this thing and I'm like, oh, life problem solved. I know where that came from mm-hmm, better. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'll be going to check my providers for therapists tomorrow. Uncovered under insurance. That's right. really been on my to-do list mm-hmm. because just like the girl, let's just, let's just be honest here again. Okay. This is an honest episode. Honest, open, and transparent. It's a mm-hmm. hot moment. Go ahead. Just like the girlfriends, the, the listeners coming to us talking about relationships. I'm like, they coming to me. And you but I need to go. I need to go to someone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to go to someone mm-hmm. because you know what? I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you guys know that. And I know that. Mm-hmm. I can only say so much. And so that's why when we found out that one of your specialties was unhealthy relationships. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that was God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was God sending Nedra to us because he knows what we need. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. knows that mm-hmm. we don't have the tools. He knows mm-hmm. that we struggle and he knows mm-hmm. just like the listeners that we too are need, fighting and battling. We, we're too, we're all in the fight together and we need some tools. And so, um, I just want to know, like, and I'm sure the listeners want to know too, what are some ways that we can identify when we're in an unhealthy relationship? Yeah. Like, hey, you might want to do something about this. Yeah. What are what are those? Let me get my pen. When you start to feel drained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times there are pe- people who call us, text us, and our energy, right? Mm-hmm. And because of their role, whether it's mother, father, boyfriend, we, we're like... I got to answer this. This mm. my mama, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. That is an indicator. If that is consistently happening, perhaps there is something going on in the relationship that is not pleasing to your spirit. Mm. I don't know what that thing is. And maybe you need to, you know, go and figure it out. Mm. Because I think the normal response most of the time is to say, oh, so-and-so is calling. Let me pick up the phone. But yeah. if you notice that skip, like, sending a voicemail. Like, or what they, what's what going, they want. What's, what is going on there? Yeah. One-sided relationships. I think when you are giving so much of yourself to other people and receiving very little in return. So being everybody's cheerleader, ain't nobody cheering for you. Being mm. everybody's go-to and nobody is, you know, like... All of that stuff where it's just us doing, 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 doing in the relationship and the other people are like, oh, yeah, you did get a new job. You're like, yeah, that was six months ago, but thanks. Right. Thanks for asking. Right. Right. (laughs) Because it's been about you and your crisis and your, you know, all of that stuff. I think that's unhealthy as well. I think when we have poor boundaries with people and, you know, poor boundaries look like 
Mm. all sorts of things. So allowing behaviors that are, you would generally say this is not acceptable. Yeah. But for this person, you will allow it. That is a sign that that is probably a boundary issue. And sometimes that happens because we want to keep the relationship and we think that setting boundaries with people will end it. Um, We don't know how to set boundaries or we don't even know that we can do anything. Mm. Like we just think this is how relationships are supposed to be. Yeah. Right. And that's not necessarily true. So I think there are, you know, in terms of like what relationships are unhealthy, we know, like we feel that unhealthiness, Mm -hmm. but we justify it based on, well, this is my, this is my mom. So I have to tolerate certain stuff or this is my sister and this is how she is. That doesn't mean that you can't improve your relationship with that, with that person. I think in a healthy relationship, you should be able to set boundaries. You should be able to have some alone time and people not be offended by it. I think you should be able to express your needs. I think you should be able to talk about yourself and people be open to that. I think people should accept you. Um, But a lot of times when those things aren't happy or aren't happening, you know, those are indicators that maybe this relationship isn't so healthy. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's it. So you know what, Nedra, you said something that triggered me. Triggered, like <laughs> Janaeco. Um, you mentioned that creating healthy boundaries, um, within or creating boundaries within these relationships are important. So how do we do that, especially if we don't? If you've been operating in a different way, like I haven't yeah. had boundaries for so long, I'm recognizing that you know. It's unhealthy and I do need boundaries after realizing the importance of them. So now what? Because they're going to be looking at me like, wait a minute, who is this person coming in here? So I guess it's kind of twofold. Why are they important? Why are the boundaries important? And then how do we create boundaries within both these unhealthy and challenging relationships and within healthy relationships? Because boundaries are are good. So here's the thing about boundaries. So there are three types of boundaries. There are rigid boundaries, which is, you know, we are stuck on, I will never do X, Y, and Z in a relationship. I will, there is no leniency, Mm -hmm. right? Then we have porous boundaries, which are weak. And these are the ones where we're taking advantage of, we feel overwhelmed, we're enmeshed, we're tired of people, we think everybody's you know, out to get us. This person isn't listening. That is typically how we operate. When we say like, I don't have any boundaries. Well, uh, you sort of do. Your boundary is to not do anything. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Uh, and then there are healthy boundaries, right? Mm-hmm. And so we just need to figure out how to shift those rigid or porous boundaries to more healthy boundaries. So you're already doing something because not doing anything is still doing something. You're still giving some allowances or something, right? How do we shift that into doing something healthy that could work for you? And the way that we do that is very small. We take baby steps because my expectation is not that you make these huge life-changing things in two sessions, right? Yeah. Yeah start we start with the low-hanging fruit next time that somebody so if your thing is oh my sister she always asked me to babysit you know and she knows that I have something important to do and she'll still ask me to do it Mm. the next time she does that what will you say no no 
Um, <laughs> I would say I'm busy and I need you to respect that I have plans already. I would probably okay, as, go ahead. Go ahead, Brittany. I would probably say, um, I honestly would probably say next time. Can you give me more, more notice? Okay. That's probably realistically what I would say. <laughs> Okay. And so we practice that. So because people have gotten used to walking all over your boundaries, um, or, you know, it's not really a boundary if you haven't said it, but because people have gotten used to taking liberties with you, Mm. we wait for them to do it. And then once they do it, that's when we implement this no. Or then, you know, when you need me to do something, I need you to ask me in advance because I have plans to do X, Y, and Z. So we talk about how you, how you say that because everybody is comfortable at different levels, right? So some people can't just say no. And some people will say no, because I have to do X, Y, and Z. And some will say, Hey, can you please let me know this in advance? So we talk about what language you can use. What feels, that's why I asked you, what would you say? Because what I would say may be different than what you would say to implement your boundary. And it's going to be you having this conversation. We talk about how this person might respond. Because that's one of the biggest reasons that we don't set boundaries because we're afraid of uh, when when I when I piss my sister off, she doesn't call me for two days. Okay, so when you tell your sister your new boundary and she doesn't call you for two days, will you be surprised? Mm. Will you uh, will you call her and just say, like, hey, I know you was over here yesterday. What you doing today? Like, how do you respond to this thing that you're pretty sure she's going to do? And then we talk about the best case scenario because most of the time we fear what could happen that would be horrible, the worst case scenario, right? But most of the time the best best case scenario actually happens. Yeah. We just assume that people won't listen. We assume yeah. that she will be like, no, you got to watch my kids anyway. And that's <laughs> not true. <laughs> that's not true. What she'll probably say is, oh, okay. Yeah. And so we talk about that. We talk about, oh, well, if she says this, then it's like, oh, okay. She listened. That's what happens most of the time. Hmm. We tend to focus on, oh, they're not going to like this. They're going to be maybe. And if they do, you still need to set your boundary. Period. That is definitely the tough part because I'm thinking about being growing up in a black home. Yeah. Say the boundary you have to set is with like your mom and you're like, I'm not answering the phone. I'm not in the mood that can get Mm -hmm. sticky because I know the way the way my mom relationship, me and my mother's relationship works is. If you don't answer the phone after so many rings, I'm thinking there's an emergency. Yeah. Then there's a problem. Like you're not you're not safe. I need to figure it out. So I can see how it can be complicated in some some respects in some situations. So would you recommend maybe letting the person know like, hey, I'm going to start implementing some boundaries (laughs) where I'm not going to always be able to answer the phone because either A, I may not be in the mood. I may not feel like talking. There may be something else going on like do we need to give certain people an explanation or is it a just forewarning? this is the boundary and that's that you'll just have to cope i think it could be done both ways I, you know your people mm. Mm. there you go you know your people mm. i know people in general but mm. you know your people 
And if you have a mother who just won't tolerate, like, you not answering the phone, yes, I think it, you know, it would be in your benefit to say, hey, um, I'm really trying to practice being more independent. And one of the, you know, one way for me to do that is to have some autonomy, some time to myself. So there may be times when I'm not available to answer my phone. And if I notice that you're calling two or three times, I'll shoot you a text and say, I'm okay. Mm -hmm. That's a good one. That makes perfect sense. That's a good one. So speaking about this whole um, unhealthy relationships and boundaries and things like that, how do we, because we know childhood trauma create healthy relationships of our own if we've never seen good examples or we don't necessarily um, have an idea of like, oh, yeah, this feels healthy to me. You know what I mean? If you've never seen it, how do you go about creating those things and fostering those those things in your own life when you don't have a nothing to gauge it against? Mm, never seen it or never focused on it is Ooh. always what I wonder because we tend to focus on – I don't know anybody with it. No, anybody, nobody mm, mm, ever. Mm, mm. <laughs> there you go. That's it and right if there. We really think about it. It doesn't even have to be anybody directly linked to you. It could be your best friend, parents. It could be, we learn from everywhere. Yeah. So no, like nobody was able to show you this is what a healthy dating relationship would like. And let's say that's the case. You never had an example, right? You didn't have an example in your house, no one in childhood. There are so many books on relationships. And TV shows. <laughs> and TV shows on relationships. And you mentioned a really big thing when you don't know what it feels like. Like you don't you don't know like this doesn't feel right. That's that's still knowing something. Mm -hmm. You know something. So what you're doing is practicing how to be in healthy relationships. Mm. So I think you have to read. I think you have to seek out people who have healthy relationships. The challenging part is many of us, we focus on what's in our family. So we'll say, well, in my family, nobody was married. Mm -hmm. What about in your friend's family? What about, you know, like find those people who had those things, whether it's I didn't have a father. Well, who had a father that was impactful for you? And mm -hmm. he didn't, you didn't have to see him every day. But what did he do in his relationship with his child that you admired? Then, yeah, that's what that's you know what healthy looks like because you, you saw that. Mm, that's it. So we have to find examples sometimes outside of our families. Because our families be raggedy sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they do be raggedy, you and know. And you know the challenge I find sometimes with looking um, to others for examples? I'm just going to use social media as an example. Sometimes... What appears to be healthy or what may look like an ideal relationship. Come on, somebody. May be in shambles yeah. underneath the surface. And so mm -hmm. sometimes it's challenging. And I mean, I, I guess when it comes to that, you have to go back to the feeling. Like, how do you feel about the relationship that you're in? Mm -hmm. Because we know our feelings or we should be able to identify our feelings and know like what feels good and what feels bad. But when you're just mm -hmm. like looking at something Mm -hmm. We can paint a picture to appear however we want it to appear, especially on social media. Yes. So I find sometimes Absolutely. that that's a little challenging for me because I can think like, wow, 
they are in a perfect relationship. Everything is good. She's happy. She's getting he's getting her gifts. They're going They're on, on vacations. Trips. You know, everyone looks beautiful. And then, <laughs> you know, something slips through the cracks. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. It, it wasn't, wasn't beautiful. It wasn't. So that's kind of tough, too, sometimes. Well, I don't think you can tell the health of a relationship from a picture. Come on. Mm, I don't think you can tell the health of a relationship from how those people engage in real time. Come on, Nedra. Not not a picture because on Instagram, um, people show what you know what what they want you to see. If you know, on my Instagram page, if all I put up is therapy posts, you don't know I listen to Jacquees. Period. (laughs) She said it. Nedra said it. She told y'all. You you only see what I put out there. And, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe I only want you to see our happy times when we're going on vacation. Maybe, you know, maybe that's all I want to think about. Mm. Maybe, you know, maybe that's what makes me feel good, too. Mm -hmm. So I I think that looking at pictures of of people, that is tough. Mm -hmm. And I think you have to find those real life examples of an auntie, an uncle, a fictive kin, somebody, uh, maybe people you don't even know, but you're like, wow, y'all really have a connection. Can you tell me some of the things you are? You're like, so it, it may not be, you know, people on the One second. We lost you. Okay. Okay. You're back. We back at it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah, I think it may not be people on, on Instagram or online. I think it may be people that you find in your real life. Real life um, examples. That you admire. I think that's a good one. That really helps us change our perspective on even in the way we focus in and see healthy relationships, because we will, we throw that out quick. My mama and my daddy were married, so I don't know how to, we will, we'll quickly throw that out. Yeah. But there was a question, I think, or, or a scenario that came up in our secret Facebook group about mm-hmm. healthy relationships with um, spouses who don't have a healthy relationship with oh, their yeah. parents or partners. Do you think mm-hmm. it's possible to have a healthy relationship with a, with a significant other who maybe has a volatile or, or sick relationship with their own family or relate or, or parents? Volatile. What do you mean by volatile? Okay. Shit. Maybe I, you was too dramatic. I can give an example. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Like they're, Right. Okay, we're going to take the violence have... out. We're going to take the violence out. Okay. We're going to downgrade it. Go ahead, Brittany. Like, for instance, if um, your significant other's parents, like the father was always cheating on the mother. That's all they saw. They never saw their father being there, being supportive for the parent. And so I know for me, that would make me a little skeptical. And mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if that's good or bad, but I would be like, you know. Are you capable? Yeah, because your daddy was sick. Are you capable? Because the person who was supposed to be teaching you, showing you at the beginning of, like, you know, how to be a man, how to support. How to raise up a, a child. Way, yeah, how to support a woman and be there um, was absent or wasn't wasn't yeah. showing up. So who taught you? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Who your teacher? <laughs> what did you learn? Did you teach yourself well, or what? Well, I think that. I think, yes, you can be in a healthy relationship with someone who has difficult family relationships. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. 
they have to uh, do some work, of yeah. course, to be a better human being. And I think it's, um, in some ways, it's, it's not very hopeful of us to think that people are how they were raised, right? Mm. So if you were raised in a household with no father, you're not going to be a good dad. Like, really? I think a lot of people learn from that. And they say, I want to be a better father than the father I had. Mm. I want to be a better husband than my dad was to my mom. I want to be a better mother than my mother was to my kids. You know, so I don't think it's necessarily that someone has that, you know, colorful background. I think it's, are they doing the work? What have they learned? What are they doing? Are they aware of how they were impacted by their family? That's the most important thing. Are they aware? Do they talk about it? Yeah. Yeah. yeah the awareness. Yeah, like, do they talk about it? Or are they like, no, my great, my parents were great. And it's like, well, he cheated. You know, like, it, yeah. Now, what if they talk about it? Up? What if they talk about it? Because we could talk about it, but accepting. I don't know if it's acceptance well, or actually they talk about it. If it's actually working through it, you know. Well, she said, "How do yeah, they talk how, about it? How do they talk about it? Are they talking about it in a way like they have grown from this experience, or are they talking about it as like this is what happened to me? Like it happened. Um, this it, happened. The victim. No, no, I wouldn't say victim. I mean, I'm not making. You're making this personal. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm saying, but I, I think as a partner, that's when you go deeper and you say, "Well, what did you learn as a result of that? What do you think about, you know, that thing?" Like I, yeah, you, you, you asked them the questions. Yeah, you ask the questions that you want the answer to. Like I'm trying to figure out if you're going to be a good boyfriend, so I'm trying to figure out how. You know, you're not like your 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 parents. But, you know, again, it's you know, it's hard to assume that people are what they've learned because, you know, I know so many people who are so different from their upbringing. One of you know, one of the things that I try to um, focus on is helping people who are the first the first people in their family to have a, a successful relationship, the first person to be an attentive mom or a conscious mm. parent, the first person to um, have healthy friendships with women, mm. the first per si- people who are breaking cycles. Yeah. Yes. The generational um, curses. And so it's hard to meet this person and say, Oh, well, your mama right. <laughs> was the, you know, and, and to put that, that one, Cause that's a lot of the stigma attached to being a first that you are also like this thing that you're trying to overcome. Very true. So it's, it's, it's hard to say that, you know, all oh, this person. Now, if you see that the person is, you know, similar to their, to their family, then that's one thing. But I think, you know, people are capable of change and we learn in all sorts of ways. We learn by observing. We learn by other people experiences. We learn by doing sometimes. Yeah. So we don't have to do, you know, tragic things to figure out like, oh, okay, that's how you burn yourself. No, some people will say like, <laughs> oh, that's hot because that's red. And yeah. some people will have to put their hand on the stove. So I, I don't know who those people are. Mm. I'm definitely a, that's red. I'm not putting my hand on the stove. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so you, yeah. So you can look at something and say, ah, that's probably not like, I don't want to do that thing. Or yeah. I think unconsciously when you repeat patterns, 
It's unconscious. You don't even know you're doing it. Mm. You're doing this stuff that you were taught because this is all you know how to do. You don't know how to be in faithful relationships. You think this is a part of being in relationships. Yeah. And even if you've done that in other relationships, it doesn't even mean that you have to be unhealthy in a new relationship. It could just be you were toxic in the other ones and you people can learn at any time. Yeah, and now you've grown past that. That kills mm-hmm. me because if I was the one that had to deal with the toxicity. Yeah, you hate this. <laughs> <laughs> You're pissing me off. You should, you should have learned it a long time ago. Okay, another thing that um that are a lot of our listeners ask us is okay, so They've parted ways with an unhealthy relationship. They somehow gathered up the strength, severed the relationship. And now, you know, some time has passed and they want to know what is a good time or is it a good time? What is a way that I can tell that I can reintroduce this person to my life, whether it's a ex-spouse or a family member? What are some key indicators after we've severed an unhealthy relationship to let us know that, you know what? At this point, you can bring this relationship back into your life. Have they changed? What is their behavior? What do they think about their behavior? Have they accepted full responsibility for Mm. it? How are they now showing up in your life? Um, I, I think a lot of times, unfortunately, we let people back into our lives because we miss them. Ooh, there you go. That's it. <laughs> Not because they've actually made any changes. All right, it's I'm like, head out. All right, I'm head out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like you it's know. because we miss them. Like, yeah. oh, I miss talking to them. We used to have so much fun. Fondness is not a reason to Ooh. be in a relationship with a toxic person. Wow. Um, but people can change. So if you see like, wow, this person has turned their life around. Mm. They are now doing X, Y, Z. They have owned up to this thing. They are, what are they doing? Yeah. That's the big piece that we miss out on. It's like, oh, my boyfriend, my ex-boyfriend wants to get back with me. He's saying he'll change. Saying he'll change is not changing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And half the time we dig them back up. Mm. So it's not like they came to you like, you know what? I've changed. changed. This is what I've implemented. We need to look at the fruit they're bearing. Absolutely. (laughs) What are you you doing that's different? Mm. What not what are you saying that's different because that's that's you know that's good potential but what are you doing that is different yeah what can i see beloved i mm-hmm. need to see woo mm-hmm. so we need to see evidence of change evidence. not just what, evidence of change not just what yes. you're planning to change or will change evidence of change admission or acceptance accountability self accountability mm um, what was the last consistency. consistency taking those tools? That's it. Consistency. Yeah. Cause you because know. people can change for a short period of time. Just enough to like, reel you back in. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Like, you know, they say, uh, you, you know, you can do anything for 30 days. You, you can, but can you do it forever? Come on. <laughs> come on. Somebody. Can you do it? I'm asking you to be faithful forever. Not to be faithful for six months. Come on. Nedra. <laughs> forever like is that something that you can do or is that and how do, how do I see that now you're saying hey I'm about to go over here and I just want to let you know that because what's happened in the past I just want to have open, commu- open communication 
Mm-hmm, Here's mm-hmm. the code to my phone, babe. Here's this. This has changed because he wasn't doing it before. This talking that changed. talk, talking it's, that talk, yep. talking that talk, and walking that walk. And is he doing that in one month? Mm-hmm. Is he doing it in two months? Is he doing it in three months? Shit. There we go. We need receipts. What? Show me what has changed. <laughs> Your you receipts. To, put that phone in my hand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so look. So those are some good tools. But you know what? A lot of times we're thinking about what this other person is doing in the relationship, right? And we don't bring back the self, the self yes, part to what yes, mat- matters yes. in the relationship. So mm-hmm. what role does self-care um, play in establishing and maintaining healthy relationships? Because we know that's really important too. Like how you show up for yourself, both, you know, for yourself and inside these these committed situations that you're in. How, how does that play a role? If any, you tell well, me. Well, I think, I think we have to work on our own emotional mental health our physical all of these things before and during being in relationships with others because a lot of times we expect people to give us these things that we don't give ourselves like we look for people to validate us and we can't even say to ourselves in the mirror girl you look cute but we want other people to say this stuff. All of that is internal. Yeah. So for me, self-care is self-esteem, is self-love, is self-acceptance, is self-compassion, mm. um, is self-discipline. It's all of that stuff. It's internal. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it does manifest itself in behaviors, right? So it is you, you know, maybe setting boundaries with people or having some time to yourself and reading and doing all these other things. But internally, it is a whole system of processes that you do to be well with yourself and well in your relationships with other people. Yes. And I think that... Um, We think of self-care as like, I'm getting a pedicure. I just bought myself a new outfit. That Mm -hmm. is treating yourself. That is not Mm self-care. Can you repeat that for our listeners who are in the back? (laughs) (laughs) That is treating yourself. Treat yourself. That's not Mm self-care. Self-care is an... It's an internal process. It's the esteem. It's the discipline. It's the compassion. It's all of that stuff. And that's how we get in healthy relationships. When we have healthy self-esteem, a lot of this stuff that we tolerate, we would not tolerate. Mm. Mm -mm. We would be able to see like, wow, he didn't call me back. I'm done. Ray Charles. Ray Charles to that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, But I think that a lot of times like our values, Um, Our values are so off because we don't have that self-esteem in place. We don't have that self-care process in place. And so when we get into relationships, we really let it go. And we're not able to to take care of ourselves and take care of other other people in relationships. Yeah, we we most of the a lot of the times we throw ourselves completely out of the window and we tie our value to the actual relationship. Yeah, the relationship. And the person. And the person. And it's like, okay, it's all about you. Mm. It's all about you. What do you want to do? What What are mm-hmm. we doing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, and I think that that wreaks havoc on your relationship when this other has to be responsible for being the thing that makes you happy and the thing that makes you feel like you. Yeah. Like, you make you feel like you. Yeah, I do. <laughs> that like is you true. make you feel like you like you you know i just feel so like myself really 
Mm. You didn't feel like yourself before this. Ooh. Right. What did you feel like? Hey, Nedra, yeah. I just want to know, where do you preach on Sundays? <laughs> because I think, <laughs> I think you need to be on the pulpit. I need to do some telephone <laughs> sessions because I can, I can Please see tell my me life. You're on talk space. I can see my life coming together in one hour. God, I yeah. hope you're on talk space. Please. <laughs> well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll be frank with you. I think that, um, my therapeutic approach tends to be, um, certainly, you know, I provide guidance. Um, certainly I do more listening than talking, but I find that sometimes when people are coming to therapy, they do, they need you to be direct. They need you. And they, they need you to say the really tough stuff Mm -hmm. because other people may not say it to them. Yes. And they may need you to say that, huh, was that, was that how you meant to say that? Because what I heard heard you say was, was this. Mm-hmm. And I I think that sometimes, you know, for some people is a little difficult because in the real world, we're just used to when people are uncomfortable with stuff or when we say something, people just, they pretend they don't hear it. But I think when you, <laughs> mm. when you talk to a therapist, it's like, oh, wow, okay, I have something to call you out on. So here's this thing. Yeah. <laughs> um that I'm noticing. And what I know is if you're doing it in here, you're doing it out there. That's That's what the mamas always used to say. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, it's a a relationship with a therapist is a relationship. So we're in a relationship too. Yes. And there are certain things that you do in this relationship. And I believe that in most relationships, we operate the same. That's why I don't label myself as like, I'm a marriage therapist. I help people with families. I help people with relationships. Yes. Because whatever we do with our friends, if we kind of shysty, we'll probably be shysty with a partner. Ooh, you yeah. said it. And I, and I like to shy we, away from shysty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't want the shysty? Hey, hold the shysty. <laughs> But yeah, a lot of those things, if we withhold in our romantic relationships, we probably withhold in our friendships. Mm, mm, We withhold mm, mm. with our family. Mm. So it's not like if I do this one thing here, I'm completely open with everybody else. Really? Mm. And I noticed I've been asking my friends when I'm seeking counsel. I'm giving you permission. I always say I'm giving you permission to be honest. You and do. You do. Because I really want the real. But what I just dawned on me is you need to take your ass to therapy. That's where the real is. <laughs> because sometimes people may not want to give you the honest and blunt because, you know, you may go back. You may feel offended. Yeah. You may, you may yeah. anything can happen and they don't want the friendship to be compromised because they gave you the honest, honest and, and blunt. the real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you can't even hear it from a friend because what you'll say, you will justify why they said, well, she said this to me because she ain't got no man. And she, it's like, no, she said that to you to help you, but okay, you won't listen because she ain't got no man. Right. Um, (laughs) Yeah. We wrap it around different. We wrap it around. We code it a little different. Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's like, maybe you need to hear that from somebody who you don't have that sort of relationship with because sometimes people can say stuff to us and we just don't listen to it because of who's saying it and what they circumstance is and how can they tell me how to live my life when they blah 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 you know when they raggedy yeah i love to say that i'm like they broken how they telling me how to fix the thing is i can give great advice but i don't always follow it yeah same Mm -hmm. yeah so Mm -hmm. i'll be telling you you know and all you need to do is just let it go 
Right. Time, I'm holding it tight. On. Here you are holding on. <laughs> Can't loosen your grip. So real quick, really quick, because we've been on we've been on the call for Nedra for a long time, and then we, after we hang up with y'all, we gonna keep talking. So listen, Nedra, if a person isn't ready to begin a therapy journey, which we understand, we're here, we're advocating for therapy. You're ad- advocating for therapy, but maybe somebody just isn't there yet. Are there ways to heal outside of traditional therapy that you might recommend? Yes. So what I have found with Instagram, I get a lot of messages about either I can't afford therapy. Mm -hmm. I live in an area where there aren't a lot of therapists or I'm just not ready to go. Right. So I find that Instagram has some wonderful free tools. Yeah. You know, just people explaining therapeutic concepts or thought-provoking ideas from therapists. And we're getting this stuff from what we do all day, Mm -hmm, right? mm -hmm. And so I think that's, you know, that's a great tool. I think another thing is whatever your particular issue is or what you think it is, read a book about it. And not only read the book, apply the stuff that they tell you to do in the book. The application. application. Yeah, the application. (laughs) Yeah, that application piece, we just miss it. We just throw that out. We just take the knowledge. I read 50 books Mm -hmm. and you haven't done any of the stuff in the books, Mm. right? Hoarding the knowledge, child. just, Just make set a boundary with yourself to follow one thing that you read from a self-help book. You don't have to listen to every single thing in a book, but if you could apply one thing from every self-help book that you, that you read, you will be a better person. I love that. That's a good, those are some good tools. So listen, if you're not ready, get on Instagram, find some great therapists, including Nedra, and then read some books and apply. Yeah. We got to do the yeah, work. And, and I, I would say, you know, always exercise, always meditate, mm-hmm. always journal, always, um, you know, surround yourself with as much as possible. It's unreasonable to think that 100% of our relationships could be healthy because sometimes you can, you can maintain relationships with toxic people, but it shouldn't be 100% toxic. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So surround yourself with with mostly healthy people who can hold you accountable, who are set, are accepting, who love you, who 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 build you up, you yes. know, all of that stuff. So surround yourself with some good people. Read some books. Go for a walk. Meditate. Drink your water. Take your vitamins. Drink some wine. Uh, <laughs> Every now and again. Um, <laughs> coping skills you know I think that we get away from having hobbies I think hobbies is a great outlet for anxiety and stress Mm. learn how to knit go to a um go play kickball Mm. go do something do something do Do something something. right right child we can't list them all do something do something so I think those are great ways to 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 do something outside of therapy and even if you're in therapy I think you can probably do all of those and feel better faster those are great so now we're going to transition a little bit it's time to pick Pick up up your pen we're We're dropping dropping a gem so usually um during this portion of the show we decide to share something that's been useful valuable helpful for us but since we have this bundle of resource here yeah 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 we decided to see if Nedra can help us with some book recommendations. So, Nedra, let it do, rip, Nedra. Do you have a good book for us? We we're we're going to implement more reading. So, what what should we be picking up? You know, I 
I think that there are so many great books. And I always say find books that speak to your particular issue. A lot of the books that I recommend, my favorite book to recommend is The Four Agreements. Yes. I love The Four Agreements because it really challenges you personally and in your relationships to, if applied, and these things I don't think you can master in The Four Agreements, right? But I think if you could just work on doing your best, not taking things personal, and you know, some of the other things in that book, I think it would it would change your life just to be able to say that that's when you get into a situation where you can listen to other people give you feedback because you're not taking all the feedback personally. Yes. That's a good book. So, yeah. So I would say the four agreements is my favorite book to recommend. I am, um, I am an advocate for challenging the way that you think about things. So I would say anything by Malcolm Gladwell, he has some wonderful insight about just challenging the way we think about stuff. Uh, One of my favorite books by him is Outliers. And that's a book where he talks about um, people being one of a kind and how they get to be one of a kind. And he doesn't talk about family in that book, but you could apply family to it that, you know, um, there are certain things that make us spectacular people. And what are those things? What is that thing about you? So I, I really like the book um, Outliers. I really love The Four Agreements. I think those are great books to start, you know, like that self-help journey. There's another book that is wildly popular about boundaries, and it's called Boundaries by Henry McLeod. It's a wonderful book about here's a boundary. This is, you know, this is why boundaries are important. This is how they can help your relationship. So I I think the boundaries book is another great place to go. I could go on and on about books because I just love them to pieces. So, um, I actually have a book recommendation thing, um, on my Instagram with all of the books that I recommend. So if your listeners follow me, they can go to my highlights and look at all of my book recommendations. I even, um, keep track of the books that I'm currently reading um, because that. I'm always reading something. Yes. Um, uh, you know what was the outliers? Did that have something to do with a grunge gang? <laughs> Didn't a, outlier, what? a grunge gang? What, what? I feel like I read that I in high school. You told me about. No, no, no. That was uh, um the outsiders. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Okay, wrong book. Okay. 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 You know, you I'm know. like grunge gang. <laughs> It's it been a, a few too. years, but I don't remember. Child, it was the outsiders. I definitely, yeah. I definitely want to read the boundaries book because, um, based on my pattern. Yeah, your pattern. My pattern, um, the pattern app is what I'm referencing. Yeah, it says that I'm great with setting boundaries and every other. Like I'm really rigid in every other part of my life except for relationships. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? Time to change that. <laughs> Time to move that porous boundary. <laughs> It's time to set some boundaries here. Yes, yes, yes. Nedra, you know what, girl? You have been phenomenal. Yes, phenomenal. You've been phenomenal. Phenomenal. Let our listeners know where they can find you on social, where they can connect with you. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So on Instagram, I am at Nedra Tawab. I have a website, www.nedratawab.com. Um, 
I have a Facebook account, but I will be honest, I don't update it. So please follow me on Instagram. Check out my website. Mm -hmm. Those are the best places to find me. There's a wealth of knowledge on both the website and the Instagram account. And you also, um, Nedra also offers, um, was it like group therapy sessions? Yes. So I am a therapist in Charlotte. I have a group practice. It's called Kaleidoscope Counseling. Yes. Um, and we have six other therapists. Some of them are relationship focused and some have some other specialties. So if anyone is in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, we certainly can help them on their therapy journal journey. And, um, what was the other thing you mentioned? And I think I I saw like some eBooks or something of that, of that nature. Yes. So you mentioned group. So you mentioned group. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I have a group that's starting, um, very soon and it's called cycle breakers. Mm -hmm. It is a group for people who are looking to let go of some of those dysfunctional family patterns. Mm -hmm. Um, so some of the stuff we were talking about earlier, the best place to find out about what I'm doing is Instagram because I have like talks coming up. I do travel and speak. Um, So I think my website certainly will have some of that information about what I'm doing, but I would say certainly follow me on Instagram to be up to date on all of the things that are going on. And it's, you know, it's a lot. (laughs) That's good. We're claiming abundance. Yes. Hey, Nedra, please get on Talkspace. I need you, girl. Uh, I need uh, you to be on Talkspace so I can open up my laptop because the girl is not in Charlotte. No, I don't think I'm coming to Charlotte. North no. Carolina. North Carolina. That's Charlotte. Oh, see, yes, you know I'm not yes. good with geography. I need you to get on Talkspace, please. Not Ooh. for me, but for you. We need to take a trip to North Carolina. <laughs> my brother lives in North Carolina now, so we might need to take a trip. Yeah, yeah. Set up a session because, listen, if you're in the North Carolina area, please get tapped you're in with Nedra. Because she's offering the tools that you need, and I need to find a Nedra here in L.A. Yes. Because, damn, I'm missing out. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Nedra, yeah, wow. you're a tool. You're a blessing. You're a blessing. That's Thank what we're calling you. you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for sitting in with us. Um, this was great. We hope that you all out there find it valuable and useful. Please connect with Nedra. Follow her on social. Um, set up a session. Yeah. That's the best thing you can do is set up a session. Um, and yeah, just stay in touch with her. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much, Nedra. We appreciate you. It was amazing. Thank you so much. This was so fun. Like, I feel like I can talk about this stuff for hours. So I'm always looking at the time like, oh, that was an hour? Period. It was. It was. Sorry for taking up your evening. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine. This was lovely. I, I love being able to talk to people. And it sounds like during our conversation, you all have some aha moments. Some breakthroughs. Some know, mini that, breakthroughs. Break it, yes, Rich. Yes. We did. Yes. So. Thank you. Thank you so much. We're going to chat with y'all All All right, ladies. Take it and take it and cherish it. We love you so much. Bye.